students around the world are finishing their qualifications so they can get ahead in life and make their contribution. If you are studying, researching or thinking about it, you will need practical tips, techniques, coaching and support to help you get finished and be successful. I'm Peter Alkema, the Student Success Coach, and welcome to the podcast. Each episode, I interview successful students and leaders in education so that you will learn everything you need right here. You will learn about writing, completing your thesis and other projects, planning, discipline, how to get more done, supervisors, getting published, getting finished, how to have the right discipline and many other aspects of student life. Whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Google or any other podcast platform, please leave a rating and a review. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe and leave a comment. Either way, please get in touch and let us know what you think of the show and what you want to hear more of. Please always check the show notes for links to courses, material and plenty more so that you can use what you've learned in each episode take action and achieve your student success. Please also join the Student Success Coach community in our exclusive members-only Facebook group where I post regularly and you can interact with fellow students just like yourself. Remember, you can't do this alone, so reach out, get involved and take advantage. It's my commitment to your success. Now for this week's episode. Good afternoon, everybody, and a very warm welcome to our weekly Learning Your Lunchtime webinar. And once again, I'm thrilled to welcome uh, Tracy Ashington back into the hot seat. And uh, we're going to be talking all about how you can win with LinkedIn. Uh, we've been running a series um, of these webinars really focused on helping you get ready for the workplace and ensure that even though you're still perhaps a full-time student, that you do absolutely everything that you can now so that once you get out into the workplace, uh, you've got your CV ready, you've got your profile ready, you've got a job search strategy ready. These are topics that we've been going through in the previous webinars. And perhaps you are already in the workplace. Perhaps you've been studying you know, part-time. Uh, these uh, topics that we'll be going through are absolutely also, also so critical for you to get the job that you want, get the promotion that you want, manage your career, and make the progress uh, that you need to. So please do say hi on the chat. And as always, we'll keep that open. We'd like to know where, you, where you're coming from today. And uh, once again, we'd also just like to acknowledge, you know, some of the challenges that many of us have had in the country over the last couple of weeks. And also just grateful to so many people who have, um, you know, stepped up to, to help rebuild and, and support those communities. So, so those of you that are involved with that and you need any help, please use this platform. If you, if you want to raise awareness of anything, please just do let us know in the chat. But today we're talking about uh, LinkedIn and I'm going to give Tracy a chance just to introduce herself. And if you haven't been around for the last few weeks, uh, Tracy's a top graduate recruiter, but I'm not going to steal her thunder. She can give you a little bit of background. And then Tracy, at the si same time, when you're doing your intro, let's just launch into the topic of, of LinkedIn today, you know, and how people can use that to be successful in the workplace and to build up their profile. And in actual fact, to go looking for jobs. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize the resource that they have at their fingertips. It's a search engine, you know, for jobs that are listed out there. And the degree to which you update your profile and put alerts on different jobs and, in, you know, interact with recruiters and do searches and so on 
you know, the more you'll get knowledge of, 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 of the insights that are out there. All right, guys. So please do just say hi on the chat. And as always, we'll be, you know, running in a couple of promotions during this hour. We've got the CV Masterclass that we launched this week. Tracy and I are very excited about that. Our first course that we've co-instructed together. We'll be running a live giveaway promotion of that about halfway through the webinar. And I'll put the uh, the link there. And our first uh, chat is Asif. So I think Asif had some uh, fantastic news, I guess. Don't want to say too much. But I know that, uh, you know, he's been in touch with Tracy and benefited hugely. And uh, Tracy, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. But before we do that, just a reminder, Tracy does this sort of thing professionally. She gives of her time very generously in these webinars uh, for an hour. So take advantage of that. But if like Asif, you want to book her and pay for a consultation and take advantage on a one-on-one -on -one basis where she can look specifically at your own individual situation, then you can get the benefits that Asif uh, has got from that interaction this week. Okay, Tracy, enough from me. Over to you. Bit of an introduction to yourself, and then let's dive into this topic of LinkedIn. Go for it. Great, great. Hi, everyone. And just to reiterate what Peter said, it's great for us to see who's on the chat. And in particular, um, if you show us in the chat where you're studying, um, that's always interesting. So a little bit about me. Um, my background has always been in people recruitment and mainly in graduate recruitment. It's something that's always been very close to my heart. So I love nothing better than being out on campus, speaking to people, giving them tips, helping them to find jobs. And in the past, it's always been working for particular companies where I was recruiting for the organization. But more recently, I have my own consulting business. So I, I what I'm really loving about it is that I don't have to be only, you know, marketing a particular company. I can help people find, you know, jobs, all sorts of jobs across all sorts of um, different companies and industries. So, yeah, so that's me, passionate graduate recruiter, par none. So let's talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn, and I, I read something recently that really, um, that really sort of, touched to hit home. There, in recent stats, it was found that 98% of hiring managers or let's say recruiters in general, and I think a large percentage of those will be recruitment agencies, 98% of them are using LinkedIn as their primary um, way of sourcing talent. And I mean, you know, those numbers um, speak for themselves. It's, it's grown so much um, it's grown so important now that it's almost detrimental not to have a LinkedIn profile. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, during the chat, what we're going to do is during this, this hour, I'll talk about the different sections of a LinkedIn profile. And um, then we can elaborate along the way. But it's really good for us to have some questions so that we make sure that we're answering the sort of things that you want to know. Um, the first thing I'm going to touch on is the most, um, most important, should I say, and sometimes the one that people are a little bit unsure about, and that is your photo. So not only is it a chance for you to sort of 
present yourself and put a, a face to the name. So it's not just somebody is going to be seeing your name when they search. They're actually going to see a human being and a profile. And that photo is going to come up again and again and again. It is incredibly important. A little bit, for, a little bit further on, we'll talk about, as Peter said, the search um, or the SEOs um, and the sort of I'm sorry, I'm choking. I think I'm talking too much. So we'll talk about the the things you can do to make sure um, the search engines uh, pick up your profile. And then if you picture as they sort of opening it, opening it up and they see, you know, your face and your name and suddenly I really think at some stage LinkedIn is going to overtake regular CVs as we know it. So I see there's some questions and then I'll carry on a little more afterwards. Great. Thank you, Tracy. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, LinkedIn has been hugely beneficial for me just in terms of networking. Um, and I haven't moved sort of companies many times in my career. I've been fortunate to have sort of long stints at a couple of companies, but certainly people that I've spoken to, you know, have talked about how valuable it is if they understand it and the way that it works to get the insights about the jobs, you know, that are out there. So, Tracy, great that we sort of structure it in terms of setting up your own profile and then looking at sort of what is out there. But maybe just given this question from Pumutzo and just reading it out for anybody listening and we, you know, record these for the podcast. Um, the question is, hello, Tracy and Peter. I'm a recent graduate and my question is, does one connect with just anyone and accept everyone's invite. And before I ask Tracy to to ask uh, to answer that question, just a reminder to everybody, I'll put the link on there to subscribe to the YouTube channel. A lot of the questions that are asked in these webinars, guys, we go and we create separate videos for. And we do Q&A videos for five minutes, just going into a little bit more depth on a lot of the questions. Maybe we don't get to them uh, in these webinars. Maybe we do get to them. But you can consume you know, the answers and the value from these questions on the YouTube channel in the form of those, you know, individual videos. So I'm going to put the link there. And if you guys can just subscribe, uh, that'd be fantastic. But Tracy, then back to you in terms of this question as a recent graduate, uh, when you're connecting with people and growing your LinkedIn network, um, you know, do you just accept anybody? How do you filter, you know, good and bad connections? It's a really, really good question. And often um, people ask me this all the time. And I think there's that people are torn between, should I be very strategic about who I'm adding? So as in people, if I'm looking for a job, recruiters, or if it's that I want to work in this industry, I should be particular about researching, you know, people in the industry, add them with a lot of thoughts behind it. And then there are other people that will say, I want to have a large um, a large network. So not only accepting um, all the invites you get, but sending out a lot yourself. And why they would maybe like to have the large network is not only to have a lot of recruiters there, but also to have people in the industry whose feeds will come up on whose posts will come up on your feed. So it's interesting. It's like you're getting daily news really about people's careers and achievements and all of that. So it depends very much what you're wanting LinkedIn to do. So apparently again, and I'm quoting um, figures from recent, um, recent surveys, apparently there are about 80, about 80% 80 of the, no, I'll tell you, it's not that it's 40% of the people on LinkedIn 
are hiring manage, uh, hiring managers or recruiters actually looking for people. And then there's 20% of people who are on there who are actually maybe not even maybe not even um, recruiting, but using it for networking. And then the uh, the rest are sort of there on an opportunistic basis. So they like to kind of keep their options open and see what's going going on. So people have different reasons. And that, you know, at different stages of their careers as well, things will change. So personally, I don't think if, if I'm looking at my um, LinkedIn network, I get a lot of work through LinkedIn. So it's it, in my best interest to have a broad range of, of um, you know, people and uh, connections. When one way of using LinkedIn to get you get you noticed by the people in the jobs that you want to work for is then to go and say, I want to be a an engineer um, and I'm going to, I'd like to work for these companies. And then you go and you actually, when you click onto the companies, you can follow them. And you go and you add people to the network, to your network from those organizations doing the kinds of jobs you want to do. That is really useful. You're going to see what they're saying. You're going to see what they're doing. You're going to see what, you know, posting and, and so on. So that's not only just linking up with them so that there's a chance they will find you, but that's actually from a research perspective. When it comes to, and I'll just touch on the last little bit, when it comes to accepting the invitations, I I don't see that it's going to be detrimental, except if it's somebody scamming or whatever. I personally would, unless there's a reason not to, because it could be that they're seeing potential in the in the you know in the mutual sort of um, engagement. So I think I, I, right now I would say yes, grow that network. It's becoming more and more important. Fantastic. Thank you, Tracy. I sort of also tend to agree with you. I mean, you'll assess each connection or invite, you know, that comes up based on what you want to achieve with LinkedIn. And I think, you know, the focus today is winning with LinkedIn in the workplace. So I think you can very quickly pick up if a connection looks a bit dodgy or, uh, you know, what I also sometimes get a lot of and which I actually decline is I get connections from generic pages or, or, or companies, you know, I think it must always be an individual that might be representing a company in a certain role, such as a recruiter or a manager or just somebody that's in your industry, someone in your field that's looking to get value, perhaps from the content that you share, or perhaps from being available to connect you um, in future. So Tracy, I want to pick up on a, on, a, on a question just now about selling yourself under the about section. And this is really sort of creating your profile um, on LinkedIn. But maybe just sort of thought from my perspective is that LinkedIn is really just the professional equivalent of a Facebook. Um, and although it emphasizes different features and it does work in slightly different ways, it is primarily a, a, a content sharing platform and sort of ecosystem of people interacting. And, you know, the algorithms are based on the crowdsourced opinion of what other people share. And when LinkedIn sees people valuing and liking and commenting on things, then it will promote that in the feeds that everybody else is seeing. So, Tracy, you were talking about the feeds that you're seeing. Just because you're connected to people, it won't mean that you see everybody's feed all the time. LinkedIn will also promote things that are trending and topical 
you know, for example, I've sort of, you know, shared a couple of posts about what's been happening in the country and the, the support that people have been given. And that's automatically been sort of shared and promoted and more widely read, etc. So, um, Tracy, let's then just dive into this fantastic question then, you know, as we look then a little bit, you know, more at profile building in the context of, you know, network building. Um, because when somebody receives a connection request from you, they will go and check you out. Right, so there's the photo that we spoke about just now. But then, as Tadi Wanashe says, um, how do I sell myself under the about section and the headlines? So thoughts on that, Tracy? Okay, so the, after the photograph, definitely the headline. That is going to, for anyone who's sort of scrolling through quickly, that is going to be something that's going to catch their eye. So when it comes to the headline. If the default is that what you're currently doing is going to be, you know, what the, the headline pulls up for you. But instead of um, just putting a word or a title or, um, or a, you, you know, for example, if you're a graduate, underneath your name, it's like graduate. And then maybe you would say um, business science. If that's a good one, most people will just say graduate or student. Use that line to tell a little bit more about you. So not only, instead of saying graduate, you can say graduates in, um, and I keep going back to um, engineering. I don't know why, Peter. It's probably because you studied engineering. <laughs> but it could be, um, say, for example, you worked as an intern. Intern um, in um, engineering, and then perhaps a little dash and say, engineer in training or something you know interesting about you so um sort of um i like the sort of one-liners that say aspiring this passionate this so they're getting to see what you're doing it's not just students it's about what you're studying and something that you're passionate about once again it's bringing you to life now the the next part so obviously that's the headline the next part is in the about you section, once again, throughout, um, throughout your LinkedIn profile, be aware of certain words or tips or skills. Um, no, I mean, not so much tips, but certain skills that you have, like key words about what you've studied or the skills that you have um, either within your studies or any, you know, back jobs or anything. The skills and also the subjects of what you have studied because anyone who's doing a quick um, recruiter doing a quick search is going to use those keywords what I really think um, I don't think that about you should be too long the moment it starts to look like a paragraph a recruiter who's screening through like 20 30 40 CVs a day for a role that becomes cumbersome and then the, the important stuff is sort of blurred in I would say very much in that about um, about you I would keep to the facts I would say what it is you um, study what are you know what it is you're looking for highlight um, sort of experiences maybe where you've done really well so say for example you were invited to be a golden key member etc so do that there and sort of keep it to about four um, about four or five lines as a student obviously once you get um, more experience is going to be a lot more you can put there but they're going to get the information further down so do a quick sort of summary um, in your in your about section a summary of all of that in a really punchy concise way 
I think that's fantastic advice there, Tracy. Appreciate that. Then Sarah asks, um, should one put their hobbies on LinkedIn? And if so, where? I don't see a section for it. I've only been able to add them under skills. Internet says add to interest, but interests are just pages followed. So I think also now as we're sort of building out this understanding of to, you know the ways in which you create your profile, um, you know there are a number of sections in the profile. So just thoughts on hobbies and LinkedIn and building a professional profile on, on LinkedIn? So in terms of hobbies, whilst, and in fact, as you say, Pete, whilst there aren't um, always specific fields where you can put that in, I do think it's important to tell a little bit more about yourself, especially when you're students, they, you know, you need info, you, they, you still, you don't have much, you know, work experience, etc. So you do want to add the stuff that um, you want to beef it up. So where you could put, instead of listing sort of, I love to cook, I love to read or whatever, you can use that when um, right at the beginning, the about you sort of line. You can say um, a student, a media student who is, um, who loves um, reading in spare time, in my spare time and who is uh, an avid follower of, Formula One, which is not going to be me, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be a case of just listing hockey, etc. The other um, thing is underneath, um, with underneath when you list your work experience, there are sections there where you can give more detail and use this. So say, for example, you, you're listing your um, your qualifications. So you're saying, what are you studying at the moment, etc. You're going to always put your, your subjects. Don't just um, use the heading. You must put your subjects. And then you can put achievements, involvement. Um, you can put uh, voluntary stuff, all of that in that same section. So you can attribute it to, um, to that uh, particular tenure. Um, then, for example, if you're going to to school, you're going to tell, um, you know, a little bit about where you matriculated. And underneath that, you can put in sports and things like that, that you may ideally stuff that you really are passionate about and stuff where you've done well, um, because in an interview, they could have that in front of them and they say, oh, so what do you think about the, the guy who won this fight? Or so? <laughs> and you put that you love, I love watching boxing and then and then you're, you're nabbed. You're oh, on the my gosh. <laughs> Tracy, then another question. I mean, just uh, brilliant answers coming through here. And, guys, keep those questions coming so we give value to everybody. Um, Louise asks, um, I'm an aspiring educational psychologist, uh, currently doing honors, but want to work as a teacher first. Do I still mention aspiring educational psychologists? So how much do you sort of give people a window on your own internal you know, um, ideas and approaches to different careers, or do you not kind of nail your colors to the mast, you know, on one specific track and, and really sort of drive a clear message about what it is that you do and where you're going, et cetera? Because the reality is most people are kind of, you know, still always not 100% sure. So how do you handle that, Tracy? That is such a good question. Now, once again, by putting it, you're owning it. So I, I personally would 
absolutely um, mention that. You're owning it. You've made a strategic decision. It's something that you, um, it's not discounting the fact that you want to be a teacher at all. You can say, I am a, a um, you could either say, I am um I am aspiring, um, ed, you know, education uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, psych, yes, psychiatrist, psychologist, must be psychologist, I had to guess there. Um, you can say, of course, that you are aspiring to be doing so. You can also say, I love teaching, nothing better for me than to be able to do a bit of both, or I would definitely put it. You, the moment you don't disclose something like that, I think afterwards you're feeling like, oh, should I mention it in the interview or not? Those are both great things. They don't negate each other at all. Yeah. I mean, Tracy, just my own sort of litmus test for that uh, question there would be, if I was to post something in the future that mm -hmm. I was interested about and I'm scrolling through and I share something or I see a great article and I want to pop it on my LinkedIn feed – would that be consistent with my profile? Would that be consistent with something that people had read about me by browsing my profile or something that I had liked previously, et cetera? So when you say own it, own it in the sense of not just putting it on your profile, but owning the sort of ecosystem of information and topics and articles and blog posts that you might be sharing as part of your activity on LinkedIn in the future. Because, I mean, you know, Louise, if she sees something about educational psychology, you know, she, she might then think to herself, should I share this? Because I haven't told everyone on LinkedIn that I'm still aspiring educational psychology. But if you own it, you put it out there, people absolutely 100% respect that we've all got multiple interests. And when they see that, they see, oh, fantastic. You know, Louise is, you know, teaching, but she's still an aspiring educational psychologist. That's an interesting article, et cetera. And I think it deepens the connections. I think it builds trust. Mm -hmm. and, and I think in any of these social media platforms, and although they do get abused and there are checks and balances in place for that, the vast majority of interactions and valuable insights that you get from these platforms come from trust. Um, and come from the way that we use it with the right intentions. And I firmly believe that the successful platforms largely use those algorithms to benefit everybody. So when your profile is consistent with the content that you're sharing and the content that you're liking, you know, I think that that builds you as a trusted member um, of the platform, which I think will only benefit you uh, in the future, regardless of however it is that you're using it. Um, great question here, and just more sort of generically maybe getting into some of the sort of job search strategies that we might be wanting to talk about on LinkedIn. But the question here is, I've been working part-time throughout my degree and my experience accumulates to roughly four years. However, I'm still struggling to land graduate jobs or entry-level jobs. I'm going to graduate soon. Now, just on that point, you know, we've had Kathy Sims here from Segear previously talking about um, the demand for specific uh, graduate uh, degrees and qualifications, mm -hmm. and I'll put a link there to that webinar with Kathy Sims because she really has her finger on the pulse in terms of what her network of graduate employers are looking for. Um, so that would be quite a useful one for you to go through. I don't know what specific qualification or, or, or field, you know, this person is in. But Tracy, back to you. And just in terms of um, starting to think about a job search strategy on LinkedIn, maybe let's just answer this question and help this person you know, from a LinkedIn perspective. Okay, absolutely. Yes, as you say, this is a little sort of 
um, off um, off topic, but it's something that I reckon many of you are um, experiencing. There's that sort of gray area between um, having had some work experience or internships um, being a good thing, and that some businesses will say, oh, great, you know, makes the candidate more marketable. And then there are others where they have a grad program and they stipulate that you shouldn't have more than a certain amount of work experience because otherwise you aren't really going to be somebody who is joining at 21 when they've just recently graduated and, and have had no work experience. And then you have somebody who's graduated and has four or, or how, however many years sort of. I think when they normally cut it off at maybe a year tops, if you're studying at the same time, that still would be considered a grad. But if you've got a few more years than that, I'm not 100% sure that you would want to go in as a grad. So as much as you may say, I, I really need the job, Tracy, I will take, I will be a grad if I need to. Or else you're saying, I really want to be a grad because effectively I am. I've been working, you know, on the on the side. If you do go in on a grad program when you have some work experience, it's not that you mind, it's not even that they mind, but it's almost like you've got some skills that make sense to use, you know, and to give you credit for and to go into a role directly so you're not having to sort of rotate around and find your feet. Now, what I would do is I would, it's very hard, as Peter said, it's very hard to say um, specifically without knowing, you know, what it is and whether it was relevant work experience or whether it was just sort of incidental work to help pay for your studies, etc. But remember that title, the headline at the top. That's a great way for you to say um, exactly what it is. It can be like recently graduated, um, had great uh, experience as an intern. People know that people, m many of you guys do have to do some sort of work um, to find your studies. And maybe you couldn't afford to do, um, you know, a, a full-time degree. So I actually would see it as a good thing to say, okay, I studied via UNISA. And while I did that, I got some work experience. I think that's a great candidate for me. Yeah, great. Yeah, fantastic, Tracy. And then um, Simeon uh, just pointing out that I spoke about sharing and liking posts. So yeah, good observation there. How important is this to building a good profile, Tracy? It, it really is. And Pete, you know, it's funny, the more you and I work together, the more interesting it is in that we sit, we think so similarly. So you stole my thunder earlier when you were talking about SEOs. <laughs> but, you know, we just think so similarly on this. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was what you touched on about sharing and, you know, liking posts and so on. And I know you'll have some stuff to, to add. I mean, this is something you do really, really well. Um, I think that it looks, it's not only, so yes, I think that you must, but not randomly so. Like on Instagram, when I see my child on TikTok just liking, 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 I'm like, really? Be strategic about what you're liking because the algorithms are also going to pick up on that. And then um, also the, um, it's going to, it's going to sort of build up um, your interests or substantiate your kind of profile, the kinds of things you like, etc. In terms of sh um, sharing posts, again, 
I think that it's a good way. So when I tell um, people about LinkedIn, I say, go and go in, find the company you want to work for. Then you go and like their page. Then if you click people, it's going to bring up the people in that organization. Be strategic. Add the recruiters from send you know and uh, send a link and um, you don't even have to do a note all the time but if you would like to you can add some of those senior people go and see what they are posting and then go and see what the kinds of things that they are doing and what they're interested in then find their competitor company and you can always find that on the side it will prompt you know similar companies and similar people and you go and look at what they're doing and ideally i actually even google um who is their competitor you know i actually go and look and it comes up with their top five competitors go follow them as well go share their stuff because you're going to you're going to pick up what trends are in the market and they're going to see that you have an authentic um, interest in it. So, so yes to sharing, yes to liking, but not just uh, randomly. Do it like as part of your strategy. Yeah, and Tracy, just to add in there as well, I think, Simeon, to answer your question, I think the importance would be in terms of just those that activity because if you look down the profile you'll see a section there called activity so that mm -hmm. activity contributes to your profile and linkedin builds up um, through its algorithms a quite an extensive definition of of you as an entity on its platform and it uses that activity to build that profile so when you are interacting in the future and putting up alerts for, for jobs and profiles, et cetera, it will use all the information that has got about you. Just like when you um, use Uber regularly and it'll see the routes that you like to take, it'll see your preference for the car, you know, and the um, type of driver that you like. And then, you know, the more, the, the content that it presents to you on your newsfeed will be, based on the profile and the history that it has built up of you based on what you've liked and shared previously. So your activity on the platform will determine also what you see and the value that you get from it, both in terms of just scrolling and having a feed and you know having some interests, but also in terms of an active strategy of getting jobs and connecting with companies um, as Tracy has mentioned there. Um, Tracy, I did just want to take a quick uh, quick ad break and let's just um, show you what you'll get um, in our new CV Masterclass course because we did add in there quite an extensive uh, lesson or, or demonstration and I actually used my own profile on LinkedIn um, to take you through the steps of setting up your profile and then give you some thoughts about how to go and interact with other profiles and go and look for jobs, etc. So just really quickly to give you a sense of what is in there, and we've had a couple of questions today about it. If you hop onto the course, which we'll make available to you now, you'll find this lesson and it goes step by step through you know, how you set up your profile. So you can see mine there and I go through, so you can see all the sections there, the intro, the about, the featured, um, and I scroll down through it, and there's that dashboard. So you see the, the activity there underneath. Um, you can see then the followers and what you've been doing and liking, and you can see how you experience and how you add experience on there. And as you obviously build up a career and you build up more uh, roles and positions, that'll get more extensive. And really the context of you know showing LinkedIn in the CV Masterclass course is obviously to create 
valuable information for you to extract um, onto your CV. And so, Tracy, maybe just do, if you want to just mention the CV Masterclass that we've launched this week and the incredible uptake that we've had to it, um, I'll post a free access enrollment link for you guys to go and jump on there um, and take action straight after this webinar. And just a reminder that inside that CV Masterclass, you'll get this LinkedIn lesson. And the focus there really is to use LinkedIn to help drive um, and improve your, your CV over time. But Tracy, just touch on the CV Masterclass and then perhaps bring LinkedIn as a source of valuable and ongoing information for you to update your CV or to perhaps generate a CV using that feature in LinkedIn. Absolutely. I don't know that many people um, know, and we shouldn't be selling this, Pete, because then they're not going to need our course. But you can <laughs> actually create a CV within LinkedIn, and it's not um, and it's not bad actually. And so um, that's something. Go and play around with it. I haven't used it personally, but I do know there's the there's the option to create. I think it's a PDF. But in terms of our um, CV workshop, so. I know, I mean, when I was first thinking, when Peter and I first started talking about it, um, I looked online and there's so many people doing sort of CV, um, doing, giving CV advice and doing all sorts of CV. Um, I thought, well, you know, are we going to be giving something different? But it was so interesting, was so valuable because everyone's going to have a different idea of what a, a perfect CV looks like. And I was, because I've been in recruitment and grad recruitment for 20 odd years, I was able to share the questions that I commonly get. So when people come to me, I actually don't really do people's CVs. I just send them a template because I like a, a very simple um, um, uh, CV and mine isn't actually that great, but that's for another day. But I, I looked at it as having been a recruiter and what kind of things worked for me and what kind of things stood out and what kind of made a CV different to, to the others, you know, the other options out there. And it was how we were pretty impressed. We actually, I think we've, we've given some really good advice. So definitely, I, if I were you, I, I endorse it. I think you'll learn a lot from us. Remember, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, and that's what I was going to say. So we've really approached it as having been in the industry, having worked a lot with students and so on. Um, and that's why I think it's so powerful. Yeah, thanks, Tracy. So just scrolling through the landing page here for the course, um, you know, we'll give you a bit of an introduction there. Um, we'll explain there's a workbook and extensive worksheets. Um, there's a whiteboard lesson. You can introduce yourself to other fellow students. Um, and then getting started with your amazing CV. And then Tracy really takes you through the core lessons here, what to include, what not to include, um, how to lay out your CV. And then the main section, so we go through education, work experience, skills, um, other aspects of your CV, hobbies, social work, references, length, format. And then Tracy, you mentioned that uh, template that we've developed and you've used over your sort of 20 years or so in which we make available in the course. And then what's a real bonus of this course is that you can actually submit your CV as part of the assignment and get some feedback uh, from Tracy on that. And then, as you mentioned, Tracy, you know, we took the CV webinar that we ran a few weeks ago and we extracted a couple of questions that people had asked there. So, for example, again, should I add a photo on your CV? 
Do I always have to update my CV based on job descriptions that are advertised? Um, and then the last sort of major section really is, again, this LinkedIn top tips. I also go through the Nova resume tool, which I use uh, mm -hmm. for my CV. And there, uh, obviously, you can see uh, our, through our two, two profiles there on the course. So I'm going to pop a free access link um, into the chat now for everybody to get access to that. And it'll be absolutely awesome for you us to see you in the course there. And Tracy's waiting in anticipation to get your CV so that she can give you some feedback. And that, of course, as always with these webinars, is completely free for you guys to get access to. And you can share that link, make that available to your friends. Um, and do check out Tracy's profile. And I'll also put there Tracy's website. Uh, that's also in the course and available for you to go and have a look in there um, as well. So lots of value uh, coming through to you uh, from the webinar today. All right, so um, let's just quickly pick up on this question from Tabello. Does one need to regularly add an updated CV to keep it searchable and recent on platforms like LinkedIn and other job searches? That's a good question. I mean, so I... I mean, a LinkedIn, if you keep your profile updated, as we show you in the course in that LinkedIn uh, demonstration, that will be the most up-to-date version of your entire work history and your profile. What we teach in the course, and I'll ask Tracy to elaborate on a bit just now, is that a CV is a specific presentation of specific aspects of your work history in a much more shorter, condensed format. So if you create a CV Word document on your computer, that's not going to be accessible by people searching on LinkedIn. That's only going to be visible to people, obviously, that you send as part of a job application. But the idea is that you use LinkedIn as a source of information for you to keep a CV updated. So the information will be the same in both places. But the CV that we teach in the course and the template that Tracy provides is quite a structured, specific layout and has you know quite good usage um, in the context that Tracy's got a lot of experience in. So, Tracy, your thoughts on Tabello's uh, question there? So, um, Tabello, so obviously you want to keep it updated, but I think also what you may have meant is by regularly updating, does it mean it's going to sort of come up more or perhaps if somebody has looked for your CV before and now it's changed, you're wondering if, if so on. So I actually, and this is LinkedIn aside. So LinkedIn, you can keep updated. Somebody's looking for someone with your skills. It may come up today. They're not going to, even if they don't um, contact you today, when they look again, they're going to see you're updated. They're not going to, you know, they're going to see whatever's current and updated being online versus with um, your CV, it's actually, you know, the CV that you're sending out. I've got a sneaky little tip. So when you guys are sending your CV to a company, it's super important that you, and it, you really, you, you can just change two words on it. You can just update it slightly. But it's really important to stay front of mind with these recruiters. And there's no better way than to say, dear Tracy, I have updated my CV, so please find attached. It's like, it's, I mean, it's a little bit sneaky, and uh, but but it works, right? You've got to make sure that you're on them in their in the back of their mind at the very least. And the the other thing is, when, for example, you've applied via Leaply or LinkedIn or whatever, I always advise people to follow up with the recruiter directly in an email, 
attaching their CVs. So don't feel bad to do that. They may say, go and do it via Leapy, which you must. You mustn't bypass that. But it's really good to then send the email to the graduate recruiter and say, I have applied on Leapy for this graduate role. However, I want to make sure that you notice me. Please find attached. Okay, so you, you're making sure that you're in the back of their mind. You know, there have been times over the years where um, there will be someone who maybe we didn't manage to hire at the time or they were unsuccessful, but they stayed in touch with me. And, you know, every, I don't know, there was some like every few weeks, they would just be reminding me. And then it was late on a Sunday and one of the hiring managers phoned me and said, Tracy, I really need someone to start tomorrow. And there was a kid who I had kept on telling, don't give up, don't give up. I phoned him, he's in Peter Maritzburg. I said, get in a taxi, get to Joburg. You can sleep on a friend's couch, I don't care. And it was just because at that moment, he had stayed in his mind, in my mind, not only just updating his CV, but just sort of engaging all the time. Um, and yeah, so long story short, so in terms of LinkedIn, absolutely, you've got to keep updating it. In terms of the actual, your actual CV, update it, obviously, as you're going to, you know, doing more and more things, but just update it and resend it as a way of staying front of mind. And I think, Tracy, just to build on that topic of staying, you know, in people's minds and linking it back to the earlier question from Simeon about liking and sharing content. And I do so agree with you. It's often, you know, even when you've been regretted from a, for a job, for example, that actually that's when you should continue building the relationship. And, you know, once you've had that conversation with the recruiter and, you know, you check out maybe they've shared something or they've written something on LinkedIn and you make a comment on there, um, you know, you're still top of mind of that person. And although you weren't top of the list for that job, you'll probably be number two or three or four for the next job that comes up. And if you like and comment on their posts, obviously not doing it too obviously and spamming them, et cetera. But when they then think about the next possible candidates, as you've mentioned just now, they might then connect. Simeon, I remember he applied for a job and he liked on my post last night and you connect those dots. And so many times, you know, it's that fortuitous link that gets then created for you. And you're just increasing your chances of those links being created um, for you and, uh, and to your benefit, which I think is um, incredibly important. Um, and then just to remember, in the LinkedIn demonstration in the CV Masterclass course, which I didn't quite scroll through just now when I did the demo of the video, um, there's a, a later section in that demonstration lesson of how to go look for jobs um, on LinkedIn. And uh, using my profile, I go and search and I see what kind of jobs comes up based on my profile and the pattern that LinkedIn has established for me. But Tracy, then let's just change gears a little bit to that job search mm -hmm. strategy on LinkedIn. And I mean, you mentioned earlier the high percentage of recruiters actually going onto LinkedIn and looking for people there. And I know, I mean, first round, we're putting a lot more time and effort into using LinkedIn as a source of candidates, et cetera. But from a recruiter's perspective, now tell us and give us the inside track of what are they doing to go onto LinkedIn and then how will that help people on the call today understand how to position themselves better in terms of seeing and tagging and getting, you know, alerts, et cetera, for those jobs that are posted on LinkedIn? Absolutely. So, um, you know, with recruiters, as you say, um, at First Round, you guys are doing it. A lot of companies are using LinkedIn. I would say most companies are using LinkedIn. And as I said earlier, as their primary 
a sort of tool for recruiting. And that's because when you are hiring a large group of people, for example, or even, I mean, let's face it, even one, when you're doing it via a recruitment agency, you are paying a placement fee. Whereas if you buy a LinkedIn license, I guess they see more value. I mean, personally, um, I think, I mean, there's <laughs> an agency adds a lot more value, you know, than just doing your own search. But and even the agencies are using LinkedIn as well. But so companies want to sort of take control over their hiring. And so what they will do is this is where that keywords thing comes up. They'll they'll put in a search, they will use some some words, and it doesn't even have to be titles or specific, it can be your degree, or it could be subjects that you've um, you know, things that you've studied. And that's why those keywords are really um, important and that kind of de um, detail. So remember how I said you should add your subjects. Don't, if somebody's looking at your at your LinkedIn profile, don't assume that because they saw you did journalism that uh, that they know what the subjects were, what special you know specialization or whatever. You can even put your dissertation or your research topic. Um, into into your LinkedIn underneath that section. So what um, so what happens is um, a lot of the people the um, people when I'm looking through um, LinkedIn, a lot of people just put the title of whatever it is or the the name of the degree, and they don't put anything else underneath. The the things that they are that they have underneath are, are often the things that are going to pull pull you up so the right the skills that are linked to that kind of job so definitely put um put as much detail as you can remember not paragraphs of detail keep it you know it can be bullet points etc but add some sort of juice there because your cv is going to be a lot more likely um to come up as a recruiter i would look um if it's someone with experience i obviously would would look for sort of people in that with those kinds of job titles. If it's a, a student, obviously we're going to be looking at um, what degree you are doing. But remember, if you've just said um, a diploma in communications, that's the the communications is going to be one reason for for you to come up. Whereas if you say under communications, you say. Uh, public relations, um, uh, editing, you know, you're going to add a whole a whole plethora of, of skills. That's going to mean a lot more people are going to see your CV and the people that do are going to see a lot more of what your skills are. Mm. Tracy, I just very quickly wanted to build on what you were saying by just sharing this LinkedIn demonstration video again. And I actually go into that job search uh, feature on LinkedIn and you can see right at the top there that, um, you know, when I search for jobs, it it shows me back jobs based on your profile. And, and this is what we've been talking about today is that, you know, as you invest time in creating your profile, so LinkedIn will become more useful for you because it will be more targeted in terms of taking what the recruiters are looking for in their job postings and matching that to the skills that you have on your profile. And a very important part of LinkedIn's algorithm is the endorsements. So when you put skills up on your LinkedIn profile and other people endorse you for those skills, that increases the weighting of that part of your profile. 
So if you put, like Tracy said, that you have communication skills, but then that is your most endorsed skill by other people on your profile, then you will be more targeted for communications um, uh, jobs. So one of the things that uh, we teach in the course in this demonstration lesson is to go and ask for recommendations and ask for people to endorse you on skills. And in the video, you'll see what my endorsed skills rankings are, which sometimes doesn't correlate with what you think your primary skills are. And it's so important to get that crowdsourced uh, sense of you yes. and the value proposition that you offer, because it might be slightly different to what you think you have to offer. And that's just the value of the platform and the access that you have to so many people out there who have worked with you and can recommend and endorse you for specific skills. Just to emphasize again, Tracy, you know, in the context of job search, that spending time on your profile and getting connections to endorse you and, and recommend, make recommendations for you on your profile will increase the value that you get from the job Absolutely. search uh, feature in LinkedIn. Tracy. Absolutely. And it's something I don't actually, um, I don't ever really ask someone to go and endorse me. But I do know that if, um, if you have endorsements for whatever it is that you are good at, when um, people pick up uh, your CV, obviously you saying you can do this stuff and you, you're good at it, etc. But endorsements are definitely going to make it hold more weight, right? If other people are also saying you're good at something, that's so I, I think it's something that I should do more, um, more myself. Yeah, I just um, was looking here. So... Um... So this is the, the, the endorsement skills and endorsement section. So if you, um, if you put the skills up there, then people will either voluntarily or if you ask them to uh, come and make endorsements of those skills. So, you know, I've got endorsements for business process, change management strategy. You know, those are the top three um, that are showing on my profile. Uh, so that's just then, I think, you know, a hugely valuable aspect that you can um, potentially think about adding onto your, your LinkedIn profile. Um, then Pumutsu's got a great question here. What do recruiters look for when they look at your LinkedIn profile? Well, um, Pumutsu, I love the photo that I'm seeing here next to you, um, next to your name. It, I think it's a fantastic photograph so um i was listening to somebody um speak recently about linkedin profile pictures and i actually watched a little and i clicked off it because um this particular lady was um uh she was recommending that you use uh, a photo of something you doing something that you love doing and i thought no that's perfect for facebook but for linkedin you want to look like somebody that they could say for example it's um you want to look this is your professional kind of brand and it's not it's not what you look like it's the way in which you position yourself and i love the the way that you've sort of crossed your arms there you're looking like somebody in an office environment rather than rocky rock climbing they also say that you should have a plain background so i'm not a good example of that now a plain background and then also that it's not, that it's sort of, you must be able to see some of the background around it. So it's not just your face, but also that um, you don't have to show much more than sort of from the waist up. This is a nice tip for making you look skinny. If you cross, if you cross your arms and you turn and then you look over your shoulder, it's also quite powerful. It shows that you kind of, you got this together. Um, 
And um, the other thing, as I say, keep the clothing. And again, I'm not a great example today, but keep the clothing simple as well. Um, and also smile. It, it, makes a, it makes a big difference in showing. I mean, it's not like you're not um, smiling, Pumutso, so it's not. I love your pick. But do look sort of engaging and look like kind of a nice person. I think that would work well. Fantastic. Thanks, Tracy. And guys, if you want to connect with Tracy, I've put her website there and it's in the chat as well. So please do get in touch with her and you can have a one-on-one -on -one individual consultation. I think people that have done that and invested the time and money to do so have really benefited and, and seeing the results. I mean, I just look through the scroll through the testimonials that Tracy gets of, of students and job seekers that she's been able to help. And she is so indeed passionate about them and not just doing that consultation, but then following up and, you know, getting the results. And we spoke about, I see at the beginning of the session and the positive news and, uh, you know, the work that him and Tracy have been doing um, in the last week or so, I think has really boosted, you know, his, his job prospects. Um, and Pumutsu, yeah, absolutely. No, it's a real pleasure. And I sort of cert certainly agree with what Tracy said there. I mean, you certainly, you know, have that professional. And, and again, it's just a different network. You know, your social um, Facebook profile can be a lot more relaxed and private um, and different. But, you know, the one that you use for LinkedIn, you know, must certainly be appropriate to, to job seekers and people that are looking to network with you. Um, to get um, professional advantage by having you in their, in their network. Last few minutes then, Tracy, Sarah just asked about the privacy aspects um, of LinkedIn and whether you should keep parts of it private or make all of it public. Um, and then what the difference is between somebody that you are connected with on LinkedIn and how much they can see versus somebody that's not connected with you on LinkedIn and how much they can see and what of those security settings you've got control of, et cetera. So, and in fact, Cindy also, similar kind of um, point there in her um, question, it's about what is, uh, you know, like, can I say my current company or um, how much? Now, this is a virtual profile, guys. So this is, your stuff is out there. It's not, if you're wanting to keep certain things private and so on, then it's not, uh, that's not what LinkedIn is, is good for. Put the stuff on LinkedIn. It does depend a little bit on whether you have certain memberships and so on as to what you can see. Um, and in, in your case, it doesn't matter. Um, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> you students, you've got bursaries. You, you don't always have the money to pay for the premium access. The recruiters are going to pay for it because they need to see the stuff. But I wouldn't. If there's a, a, some information that you feel like maybe you shouldn't put, it's fine to say, to Cindy's point, it would be fine to say, um, I mean, I don't know why a company wouldn't really want you to put it there, but that, they would have their reasons for it. It would be fine to say leading um, furniture uh, manufacturer and then your job, uh, your job title and then, you know, all of your responsibilities. So it could be for that. And then if they want to know, you can always elaborate afterwards. In terms of should I keep stuff private, I think think about what the motivation for that would be. And if there's a reason why it may not be appropriate, then potentially it's not something that should be on LinkedIn or else if it's important to have it but it's risky, then keep it vague. It's They're still going to see you doing this job at this in this industry. They're going to see your responsibilities. Just take away the company name. Mm. 
Tracy, then probably just the last question we've got time for today. Simeon, uh, just a follow-up question. Um, it feels like we're in uh, in Parliament here, uh, Tracy. But uh, great, Simeon. Thanks. Appreciate the engagement today. Um, and he asks, is it then a good idea to share the results of, for instance, LinkedIn skills assessments, or does the sharing seem like a lack of humility? And I mean, let's broaden the question, Tracy, to you know the, this issue of self-promotion. Um, and just sort of a little bit of the duty of care that we have to both contribute to the platform and give people value. Um, you know, I always say, I think self-promotion or promoting of a webinar like we're having today or an article that you've written or an online course that you want to make available or a consultation or a service that you want to provide. I mean, I think, you know, if you can combine that with value, so if somebody gets value from a post or something that you've shared, whether it's the results of an assessment or whether it's an insight that you've got from something you've learned today, and then you couple that together with what you're offering, then it's not blatant self-promotion just for the sake of spamming everybody with what you've got to offer. And if you think about LinkedIn, they always just show the first three lines you know, of a post and then obviously the link and the article, et cetera. And when I share something, I always try and put something of value in those first three lines and then somebody will click see more. You know, I, I like what this guy's talking about. Let me, let me go and have a look a bit more. And then further down there, you can say, okay, by the way, guys, I've got this stuff. I've got this article written. But, you know, if you just put that in people's faces the whole time, I, you know, you might just get a little bit of a reputation for just constantly sharing stuff that's in your interests. And I think to Simeon's point here, mm -hmm. You, you, you do want to have a little bit of that humility, but also professionally. I mean, own the space, contribute to it in because people want to hear from you. Tracy, your thoughts on, on, on that balance to strike in terms of sharing stuff on, on LinkedIn? So I personally think that you are, out, you are building a brand. You are self-promoting. And I don't see it as being having a lack of humility because if they don't know the, the stuff about you, where is that going to, you know, how is that going to work? Um, so I don't, and I also think we tend to be more, I find it very hard to sort of self-promote. And especially I find students will say like, well, isn't it, um, if I'm following up with someone, isn't, am I not going to be annoying? So I think we do err on the, the side of, you know, maybe a little overcautious. I definitely think if it's relevant and it's something you did well at, absolutely share it. You need the job, right? Do whatever it takes. Um, I reckon somebody will tell you if you if you seeming a little bit um, a little bit vain, they'll tell you one of your mates will yeah. tell you to take it off. Exactly, exactly. And Tracy, I'm going to ask you to do some self promotion now because you're an expert in CVs. We've got the CV masterclass. I've put the link in the chat there now. It's free for everybody. So straight after this webinar, they can hop on there and go and enroll, and they'll have lifetime access to it. So Tracy, in 30 seconds or less, give us a branded promotion of the CV Masterclass and the expertise that you make available to everybody uh, in that online course. So you see, when when I'm doing an interview, I say to people, come, bring the deal. Come, I want to hear. But then when, it's, when it comes back at you, it's hard. So what I think is really, really good about that is, as I said earlier, it's relating to actual experience. So for 20 years, I've screened thousands of CVs. And I've seen what works and I've seen what doesn't work. And even if it works, I've seen what makes things amazing in terms of a CV. So that's where I think the real value is. It's, you know, it's coming from experience. It's something I'm really good at. I think I give some good tips, as does Peter. 
Thanks, Tracy. So absolutely, I mean, and there are three hours worth of those tips and lessons and insights that Tracy and I have packaged in from our combined 40 years effectively of experience in the workplace. Tracy is a full-time graduate recruitant and coach. So go and take advantage of that, enroll, and we'll see you in the course. Tracy, once again, for a fulfilling, wonderful, insightful session, which we've certainly got social proof of from everybody saying, you know, how valuable it has been. Thank you for your time, Tracy. Uh, have a good weekend. And to everybody else, have a fantastic weekend as well. Tracy, cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Pete.